the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is your host sitting in, Mike McIntosh. And if you would like to call and ask any questions, especially to our next guest, he's an expert, one of the leading experts in the country for this, you can call us at 888-52-TALKS or 888-528-2557. But uh, we're waiting for him to plug in to the computer, and uh, we will get with him in just a second here. Want to ask you if you do want to call and ask any questions about the last three days, give us 888 528 2577. And a lot of things are happening around the world right now. And I've been a student of watching what's happening around the world for a long, long time. I've traveled at least 50 countries and been in the midst of wars and uh, helped negotiate for release of. Christian prisoners in the Middle East and in Russia and uh, other places. And I I see something developing that is not good at all. Uh, It's sad to see happening and and to realize uh, that things are not going well for the body of Christ right now. It's so sad that we don't see the, uh, the heaviness of what's happening. And this latest thing that has not been seen before, is the breakdown of communication in Washington, D.C., and that our enemies that are trying to make us into a socialist, communist country are now pushing us and willing to start wars in other places um, that maybe America is too weak and will not respond. So that's a serious thing. And you know what? We all have our lives we have our own lives. We have our own issues. We have our bills to pay. We have children to raise. We have friends to go to Starbucks with. We have surfing, early morning rising. We've, we've got so much going on. And it's so important for us to realize that God isn't just a part of our life. He is our life. The book of Acts says it's in God in whom we move and have our whole being. When I first came across that many years ago, I realized, boy, this is way beyond just believing an Eastern mysticism or religious point of view. This is a life. And then as you start reading the New Testament, you realize it's a lifestyle. For instance, in in, uh, the book of Ephesians, it said we are his workmanship. And that word workmanship is the Greek word poema. And we get our word poetry or poem from it. That means that you are a special work of art in God's eyes. So I want you to think a little bit differently about yourself. God has given you the gifts for a time such as this, and it would be great if you start exercising them. So our guest is Mike McCarty, and uh, Mike is on CNN. He's on Fox. He's on HLN. He's on CBN. He's a... uh, violence prevention expert, literally. Um, 
he has graduated from numerous law enforcement training centers and programs, Police Executive Leadership Academy. He's put curriculum together on violence prevention for the Indiana Law Enforcement Training Academy and the Federal Law Enforcement uh, Training Center in Glencoe, Georgia. Uh, He was with the Metro Nashville Police Department, 25 years violence prevention. He leads the country, and he has a company called Safe Hiring Solutions. And when I first heard about that, I said, that's kind of cool, all of this. But churches and schools is an area that he has moved into. And I like that because I've responded to call-outs where there's been shooters, active shooters on the scene in schools, and been in debriefings with law enforcement officers that were involved in that. And so I think Mike has a lot to say, and some of you that are CEOs or you're in businesses, uh, he is here to serve and to help you. And those of you that are in law enforcement, he is definitely here to serve and, and help you. So Mike McCarty, thank you so much for taking your time to be with us today. Absolutely, Pastor Mike. Thanks for having me. Well, it's always a joy to talk to you. I think we usually laugh more than we talk. That's right. That's right. So um, one of the conversations we had that caught my attention was, and you were just talking, because this is so much a part of you, you were just talking as if you were as an everyday conversation, but I really stopped and listened. You have some facts and some uh, statistics about the church. One thing that you can offer churches and places of worship, uh, synagogues, other places of worship, you you have great intelligence uh, abilities and background checks. And I thought, now, why would somebody want a background check? These are good people, the Christians. Could you tackle that just a little bit? Some of those things that you know of why, especially in today's society, a church, a house of worship. Uh, we've had a synagogue shot up here in San Diego um, and other things that are not as rough in churches. But would you mind helping educate us a bit? No, absolutely. Um, And and Mike, I think one of the powerful statements you made to me, you know, many months ago when we were talking on the phone, you were talking about Pastor Chuck Smith, and and you shared a quote with me, and I hope I have this correct, but I think Pastor Chuck Smith had said that if, the devil can't, um, you know, basically stop the church, Right. then he'll join the church, and it'll happen from within. And it's really a powerful statement, because that's exactly what we're seeing right now. Um, just the headlines, day after day, when we're seeing the church attack from the inside out, we're seeing morality issues, we're seeing child you know, sexual abuse issues, just all of these issues that are happening from inside the church. And we're so focused sometimes on external threats. And when we talk about active shooter, um, and and we do this with schools as well as, you know, churches and ministries and corporations. But when we talk about the active shooter, what we want to caution any organization is not to get so tunneled in on one aspect of a threat to their organization. Because when we work with schools, and we work with schools all over the United States, we've got schools in California to, uh, you know, New England that we provide services to. 
And oftentimes they get very tunneled in, say, on active shooter, when oftentimes some of the biggest threats they face in those environments are bullying, it's child abuse, it's, you know, uh, solicitation of our children by those that we hire to come in and protect them. And, and that's really kind of where this starts. And, and you're exactly right. I had written an article, uh, I don't know, a couple years ago and was published in a, in a Christian forum. And one of the comments, as we were talking about background checks, one of the comments was, well, you know, Jesus didn't need a background check. And, you know, my response was, he absolutely did need a background check. He could see to our heart. And I don't have that ability. So we have to do background checks. We have to know who's coming into our organizations or we're giving custody and care of our children to, mm. because those that want to harm our children are often some of the most believable people that we'll ever talk to. Predators, are, they're not scary looking. They don't have, you know, predator written on their forehead. Oftentimes, People are shocked when they find out who some of these individuals are that are harming our kids. Hmm. Would you, you know, you bring this thing out about a background check, and this is something I, I appreciate. I understand background check. And usually I would think for a religious organization it would be, could I get a reference that you have a bank account? Where do you live? And um, what's your driver's license number? See if they have speeding tickets. But with your law enforcement background and the premium board of advisors from the Secret Service members to FBI members to you name it, um, you offer a real legitimate background check, don't you? You can get them pretty much up to Secret Service background check in a way. You'd, you'd look exactly for things right. that could be hidden. You know, We've been working with church and ministry for 17 years. I started Safe Hiring, and we have our whole Safe Ministry Solutions brand. We've been working with church and ministries for 17 years. We partner with, like, Brotherhood Mutual Insurance, some of the larger insurance companies that work with churches throughout the United States. What we see over and over again is too often we see churches, and they just don't understand how to do a background check because there really isn't a book or a or a guide out there that says, here's how you do a background check. What we typically hear from our, you know, maybe insurance provider is you need to be doing background checks. So then we go Google that. Unfortunately, I'm part of an industry of background screening providers that there's a lot of them in the industry that will sell you very, very limited products. I, I can tell you right now, I know of a extraordinarily large church not far from you that we talked to a while back and they said hey we you know our background check was costing us 50 cents and i was like you cannot do a background check for 50 cents it doesn't cost you 50 dollars but you can't do it for 50 cents there's there's mm. got to be multiple levels of checks and balances we have to first identify them we have to know who they are we can't just assume that somebody is being honest about who they are so we just verify that and then we can, you know, verify, you know, what other names they've been known by, where have they lived. And once we do that verification piece, then we can run through criminal record databases. We can search at the local level if they live in San Diego or Los Angeles or Spokane, Washington or New York City. It doesn't matter. We can check at those local levels as well. And so it takes a, what we call a myriad of checks and balances. But 
Mike, you're talking about for volunteers somewhere between twelve and fifteen dollars. You're not talking enormous amounts of money. And then we've spent the last three years developing a product that even goes beyond that. Once you do a criminal background check, then what happens if next week they get arrested for something? something that's, you know, maybe violent, but we have no idea until we run another background check in three years or five years. We integrated with about 93% of the jails right now in the United States. So once your volunteer employee is approved, we can put them into a database where if they get arrested in one of these 93% of the jails that we cover, it'll send you an instant alert. We had a Hmm. teacher just two weeks ago, he was a teacher in one school district, a volunteer with his children in another school district, and he was arrested for child sexual solicitation. And our notification went out to both schools at 11:30 that night. Wow. The other piece I would mention is church and ministry have to get beyond just a criminal background check because 80% of sex offenders have never been arrested, and so. If they've never been arrested, they're going to come back clear on a criminal check. And we see this within the church where a children's pastor moves from church to church to church. And it may be raising some red flags, but it hasn't quite gotten to the point where uh, law enforcement has intervened or there's been any kind of criminal action taken. We've got to be doing reference checks and to be able to do those to uncover things that we may not be finding in a criminal background check. Mike, um for our listeners, this is your host, Mike McIntosh, and I'm with uh, Mike McCarty, and we are discussing the issues of crime inside the churches. And, Mike, I want to ask you this. Uh, your background started as a police officer. You raised to a detective, and you did some research for the Metro Nashville Police Department that has expanded way beyond this, and your wife is also I had a career in law enforcement, and the two of you are a team with this. Is there a problem inside churches in America? Uh, You can be honest. The answer is yes, we do. And I'll be honest, uh, I talked to our director of safe ministry, Don Keener, a couple months ago, and I I told Don, I said, the sheer volume of headlines, because I have some key phrases that I monitor nationally for headline news. I said, I'm overwhelmed right now with the amount of things, both from a morality perspective, as Mm. well as from a child abuse and a a domestic violence perspective within the church. And, you know, we're, we're, we're what, 18, 19 months into COVID. Mm -hmm. And we certainly have seen so many things that have happened outside of just the pandemic that has really created what I've kind of said is a perfect storm for church and ministry, as well as other organizations. Schools fit into this category. Businesses fit into this category. What has happened in, you know, certain parts of the country, we have been at home for long periods of time and mental health issues, suicide, suicide ideations. I read a 
an article last week that one in 10 pastors have had thoughts of suicide during COVID. So we've got all of these things that have kind of been percolating, you know, child abuse and things that have gone undetected during this period of isolation. And then we look at things like domestic violence. And that's what I started in Nashville. We started a program where we reduce the domestic murder rate by more than 50 percent. Now I'm looking at states all across our country, and we're seeing increases in domestic violence murders upwards of 160 percent in some states. I live in Indiana. I believe it's a 120 percent increase here. So we made all this progress for 20 years, and all of a sudden, during this pandemic, we've reversed all of that progress. Now we open up our doors at church. We're coming back together. Or we've been meeting, but now people are starting to come back in larger numbers. All of this is coming back to church. And so we've, you know, we're inheriting these mental health, the suicidal ideations, the domestic violence. The, uh, we may have lost lots of volunteers or employees who may not come back to volunteer because of fear of COVID. Now are we moving quickly to vet people and get them into, you know, our children's ministry to help because we're struggling, we need them. And so we're starting to cut some corners. And when we do that, we just create risk for ourselves. So I think we're really at a time where we've seen a lot But unless we really slow down and start to get back to some of these policies or adopt some policies, because this is all preventable, Mike, Uh, that's what I want to say. Foundationally, we should, you know, if you're listening and and on your way home, you know, don't exhale and think we're losing this battle. We can win this. Violence as a whole is preventable. Secret Service will tell you that. They have studies that have come out recently. I was part of a program that reduced domestic murders by half when the world said you couldn't do it. Violence is preventable. It doesn't happen um, just at a snap. Usually there's signs and behaviors, and and we start to see them and can put them together. We can prevent this, but we have to really get focused now on how do we do that? And we're launching a whole online training curriculum just to help churches understand, you know, child abuse, child sex abuse. If I'm a volunteer, what am I seeing? What does grooming look like? You know, what are what are my responsibilities as a mandatory reporter? So, so yes, there's a lot that's happening inside the church, but there's help. There's help. All right. Would you mind giving the website to your organization? I know that'll help some people that are interested, and I like that idea of a course that churches and church uh, leadership could take. I just, um, yeah. tomorrow, my last, my last four hours, I'm being certified as a professional visitation monitor to the court that, uh, you know, when the court says there is domestic violence or child uh, uh, violence abuse, um, they have to have a monitor with them to be in the distance of seeing and hearing everything. And I know you know the ugliness of all of that, but for what I think is great that you you threw some hope out there, and it is something that's been around a long time, but your organization is there, and you just told us it, violence can be prevented. And uh, I would think, does it go back to the home, honor your mother and your father? 
that all of a sudden the kids are running the show instead of the parents? Yeah, Mike, you're, you know, I, I can simplify this a lot. And for 25 years, when I left Nashville, I took the model we created in Nashville and I started working with the Federal Law Enforcement Training Center, Department of Justice, Department of Defense, um, and taking that model out and helping communities plant that. San Diego, you know, has an incredible domestic violence model that they've had in place for years, decades. And so with these models, there is hope. You know, foundationally, violence is preventable. But what I've said probably thousands of times is healthy homes produce healthy communities. Mm -hmm. And if I look at active shooters in school, we had an active shooter event, I believe it was last Friday in Albuquerque, New Mexico, in the school. And we've seen mass shootings in general up considerably in 2021. Now school's coming back in session. I'm holding my breath. I'm praying that we're not going to see that trend, you know, in our schools. But here we are at the start of school. And last Friday we had a, a shooting in a heroic you know, young middle schooler defending a, another friend who was being bullied and was killed. And so as you start to look at who are these shooters like inside of our school, what yeah. homes, where are they coming from? They're typically homes that are filled with, you know, domestic violence. This is a Secret Service report that came out two years ago. They are bullies um, or they've been bullied. And so now they're you know, acting out on those behaviors. And so you're absolutely right. When we look at our communities as a whole and we see crime skyrocketing, hmm. most of this crime is modeled and learned in dysfunctional homes. I could spend the next Mike, two hours. Uh, we have to we have to take a break. I'd like would you stick around till we come back from the break? I'd like you to absolutely. pick up right from here and to give your uh, information of the website and how people can get in touch with you. And we'll see if we can take a couple of callers. Ladies and gentlemen, this is your host, Mike McIntosh, filling in today. And uh, thank you for listening. We're going to take a break. We'll be right back with Mike McCarty and then Detective Avias from the NYPD Detectives. And um, we hope to be a blessing to you. Be right back. Good to have a soul on fire, and I have found when I'm a man of prayer and of the word, it keeps my soul on fire. And then when I am loving my neighbor as myself, it even stokes the fire. And when I'm helping people, um, try to be that person that Jesus said that we are from his Sermon on the Mount. It's always good to read that, chapter 4 and 5 of uh, Matthew, and remember who we are and what we are. We have just a few minutes left, and I've asked our guest, Mike McCarty, uh, to stay behind uh, after this break. And he was talking to us, his company. He'll give us the email address or also the website, if you would, Mike. And he's telling us about the dangers that he has discovered as a leading expert in this field in Christian churches, in Sunday schools, in youth groups, in pastorates. And uh, he's telling us how we can get stronger in this area. So thank you, Mike, for hanging on. Would you just pick up where you were just getting ready to tell 
the audience your uh, information so they could contact you? Yes, absolutely. Uh, our website is safehiringsolutions.com, and then you can go and click on the Safe Ministry section of that, and all the information is right there. Okay, safehiringsolutions.com, and you literally have thousands, I know, of um, people, diverse sector of society that your corporation, your company helps. And the first line of defense that you call upon is the Lord Jesus, and I appreciate that about you. And um, I just thank you and the Lord and your wife, the two of you, Mike. Uh, I know it was a career for both of you, and I know that it's behind you now, but I also know that many of those memories are will be with you your whole life. And for you to step out and then to start something from scratch with no money by yourself and then to turn this into such a huge deal, um, you said one out of ten pastors had suicide thoughts uh, in the last 18 months because of the, during the COVID, not because of, but depression. And this has uh, the isolation. You bring up a great point. The isolation, especially American people aren't used to being told what to do or to be isolated. Uh, this has really slowed our country down. And you mentioned that now people are hurrying to hire people to get back in. And this is dangerous. we got to go cautious when we deal with people that are interacting with people. Oh, absolutely. And I can tell you, Mike, I went uh, Saturday afternoon to pick up lunch. And as I was standing in line, I, I ran into somebody and I hadn't seen him for 25 years, and we got to talk, and he asked what I was doing. I shared a little bit, and his exact response, he's in a manufacturing environment, but his response was, I am hiring people today with violent criminal histories I would have never hired two years ago, but I can't find people to work. And so, you know, caution from a church perspective, if we've lost a lot of volunteers, our first reaction is going to try to be to quickly get some people in place. But, you know, most of our churches have had policies in place. You have to worship here for six months and we have to get to know you and then the background check. And, you know, I just, you know, plead that we don't circumvent those protocols because once we start to do that and head down this slippery slope, that is the perfect environment for these predators to operate. They're looking for the path of least resistance, and we don't want to be that path of least resistance because we got to protect our kids. That is the main thing, is uh, protecting the kids. Oh, how true that is. Um, what would you, with another two minutes here, what would you say in general for the Christian community with what's happening in the Mideast right now and how crimes against churches and synagogues have increased? What would you say as words of wisdom to the Christian community? Well, I, I think you started the conversation by saying, you know, it's almost against how we think sometimes as Christians to be doing background checks or screening or security, but that's really the world we live in now. And, you know, background screening is a part of what we do. We also have software systems that help a church or ministry 
be able to assess, you know, their risk. And, you know, a church is so uniquely different than any other organization we work with. If we go to a school or a company, those are closed environments typically. You know, visitor, you know, access is tightly controlled and coupled. But yet, at a church, we have open doors on Sunday morning. And so, you know, looking at how do we assess and how do we have protocols and our safety and security teams where we're not discouraging people from coming in. We do not want it to look like, you know, this is some kind of armed, you know, event. You're in Baghdad as you come into church. But there's a lot we can do to really raise security to understand behaviors, if I'm on a security team that I may be floating around, we, you know, we saw a child kidnapped in Virginia recently right out of a church, and this was a random kidnapping, but they had scoped out three or four different churches on three or four different Sundays before they selected this specific church, but they felt like it had the least amount of protocol, and they were able to uh-huh. kidnap a child out of that program. Thank God they were able to find that child uh, and safely return that child. But it's just a different world, and we really do have to look at how do we balance keeping our church and ministry safe while at the same time we know as a church, you know, we're a home for unhealthy people, right? I mean, that's me and you both. And so, you know, finding that right balance is really, it's a complex thing to do. And so it's a, it's a lot more complex for church and ministry than most organizations. Oh, wow. I was visiting with our sheriff a few years ago before I had retired as the pastor. And um, since I had access to the sheriff's department, was one of their starting chaplains, uh, I said, I'd like to see the Megan's Law. And so a detective stood there as I went through the area of our church uh, community and saw where there were sexual predators. And I stopped and I looked at a man and then I went on and the detective, she said, did you see somebody you know? I said, well, yeah. I went back and said, but he's he's not that tall. Strange thing. I, I said a prayer when I left that the Lord would protect our kids. And two Sundays later, well, the next Sunday, that man was in the front row. Two Sundays later, my prayers were being answered, and he came to me at the door and talked to me. And he had no idea. Prayer brought him to me. And uh, he was big. I mean, six, seven. And I'm only Mm -hmm. six feet. And I looked up at him, and I knew that if we're going to get into it, I'm going to have to act fast here. And I said, uh, (laughs) I know who you are, and I know what your criminal background is. And he just was shocked. And I said, I'll tell you this. I know who you are. And if I ever see you around our Sunday school or with a kid on this campus, I'll be the first one to put you in handcuffs. And uh, he, he said, no, I'm not like that person. And he explained his excuse and all that. Uh, and I'm just saying to the Christian community, it is a real threat. And Mike McCarty and his wife and all of his associates are the best in the country and they have a heart for God, and they will help you. And like he said, it won't cost you a lot of money. They're going to help you, and uh, we want you to get in touch with them. So thank you, Mike, for this time. I know how busy you are, and just happy to have you talk to us. Thank you, Mike. Thanks for having me on. 
Oh, you're welcome. Thank you. You know, ladies and gentlemen, it's always good to get a different point of view of life. I was, uh, I guess, 39 years now. I've been in the San Diego Police Department, first eight or nine. I was a reserve officer and uh, spent a lot of time on the streets um, getting to know the officers. And my work wasn't going to be with the city. I already had to work with the people of the city. But I saw the underbelly and how crime, it just all of a sudden, when something goes bad, you don't get prepped for it. It just happens. It changed my entire life and how I looked at things. And I just want to encourage you. Things are not getting better inside our country. And I know that statement is years ahead of many of your thinking. But the only reason I've been put here to speak with you was to encourage you. The Bible says the devil has been cast down to the earth and he's full of wrath. I read that for 49 years. And then a couple years ago, I stumbled on it again. And for the first time, I saw the word because. And it said the devil's full of wrath because he knows that his time is short. You see, he's been in eternity all this time. And he knows now his judgment's coming. You've been in a time zone all this time, and you're going to his eternal life. He hates human beings. And since you were made in the likeness and the image of God, he'll get you to believe anything, who you are, what your sex identification is. He is full of wrath. Don't let him destroy you. Don't mess with your own life. Let God's love flood your soul. Trust him to help you through these rough times. We'll be right back after this break with our friend, Detective Carlos Avias, and uh, we will talk about 9-11 that's coming up. This is Mike McIntosh in Southern California. We love you. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we're... Just about to the end of today's broadcast, my name is Mike McIntosh. I love Southern California. I love America. And um, the Lord has been very gracious to me to allow me to host this program the last three days. And um, I just want to stir you up a little bit that you will realize there's a world going on around us. And we just don't forget that we are the people that are the salt of the earth. And God loves us. He loves the sinner. And since we're human, we are sinners, but we're forgiven. And we shouldn't hide our light under a bushel. My heart breaks because even right now we're losing Christians in the Mideast, this very moment I'm talking. And uh, we, we need to intercede, like Ann Graham said, and pray for the Christians, the Afghan Christians, all of them. For the American Christian pastors that I know of that are in the underground church and missionaries, we need to pray they get out safely until the Lord wills. So we have our friend. Carlos, are you on the line right now? Carlos Avias? I'm sorry, we're having some breakdowns today. Can, can you hear me? Oh, now I can hear you. Are you there? Yeah, I'm here. Okay, you need to talk a little louder. You're so humble. Oh, <laughs> 
Hey, Carlos, uh, I've asked you to be here with me for uh, the last three days. And one of the reasons is, and I think you picked up on it, we haven't talked about what you're going to talk about, but is that I I am upset with all these left-wing communists defund the police comments in our country. And um, the the antagonism against people. And yesterday you mentioned the morale in the NYPD, which you served uh, so many right. years. And I think it's important that they know that 911 is coming up. And you and I spent the first days uh, together at the pile. You and I were the ones that got into the medical examiner's office and got the such so important uh, fatality team identification cards for us, and uh, we were able to help at, from the top to the bottom and go over the entire city. And would you tell the people what you are doing this 9-11 in New York City that you have planned something? Yeah, I'm hosting a, a memorial service for 9-11 for firemen, uh, Port Authority cops, and uh, NYPD guys, and also for civilians that their family was involved there also. And we're doing that on 52nd Street in Manhattan, away from Ground Zero in a way. So we start at 9.30, and we're going to do a whole uh, – we have a mini, a mini museum also we're setting up at location with all the artifacts from Ground Zero. Oh. So uh, it's open to every everybody who would love to come, and we'll send the flyers out that – they will. They call up, register. It's a free event, so that's what so can, that's what's going on. Alrighty, they can pray for it too. And where would they get information? Yeah. Like you said, a flyer. Is there a website or something they could write? Or well, number they, can they could go, call? Uh, right. There's a. They can go to uh, uh, email. Uh, it's Carlos Carlos nine one one at gmail dot com. They can get their information there. How many people are going to attend? And then from there, I would send them a further information if they need for hotel rooms. You know, we're making deals with the hotel rooms, whoever's coming in Super. from outside the city. I know and, there is um, some possible uh, intel that the enemies of our country want to do something again on 9-11. They think we're weak right now. And I don't yeah, want you to give any intel or anything like that. But No, it's just a high threat on ground zero. Uh, in a way, we're we're on uh, Midtown, so we're away from Ground Zero, but um, well, still, uh, the threat is high. But we we have a lot of the FBI and and uh, Secret Service and and uh, other agencies that's well prepared for this, and especially the NYPD. They've been doing this for many years. Right. You know, protection, dignitary protection, and everything. So, uh, whether the threat, you know, it's a uh, a live threat, you know, active threat, but still, uh, I think they got it under control at this time. All right, great. I would like you to join with the people of Southern California that are listening right now. Would you, since your heart, your career, your life, your family, gave yourselves to the NYPD, and for the morale to be so low right now that even the younger cops are leaving because there's no support from the politicians. Would you please pray for New York and the NYPD? Oh, yeah, absolutely. 
not only for the NYPD, for all the departments there, uh, across the United States that they're feeling this, the morale is down, and only I think God could bring it up to tell the truth. That's you know, we, we tried everything in the book, so I, I think it's time for we get down on our knees and start praying for our country and for our law enforcement and first responders. Hmm. Go ahead. We'll agree uh, with you. Okay. Father, we lift up all the respondents, Father, and their families, too, That and the police officers that leave the home and not knowing if he's going to come back to see his children or his family again, and yet he has a heart to serve. Father, we just pray for every law enforcement, every firefighter and, and responder, first responder out there that don't know when they're going to come home. Right. For sure. But we know we, we pray for your protection, Lord, uh, that you would encamp your angels around them, Lord, and be with them, Lord. And, Father, we know it is written with everything that's going on. We shouldn't be surprised, Lord. But, Father, we, we, we pray that you be glorified even in the storm here, Father, that mm-hmm. every city and every state that's going through, Lord, Father, that you be glorified and, Father, that we will draw closer to you, that we have a hunger for your word and for your love, Lord Father. We pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Carlos. I love you, God man. God bless all of you. Love all you, right. bro. Thank you. All right. Bye. Uh, this NYPD detective, decorated detective, uh, the actual representative to the detectives, the entire detectives of New York City. Carlos introduced me years ago to the chief and the chiefs and the commissioner, and uh, they gave me actually a a badge as an honorary chaplain for the NYPD, which is a great honor for serving them at the time of 9-11. I've asked my good friend, Pastor Tom Worthington, to join me right now as we're just a few minutes uh, away, about three minutes away from the show ending. And Tom lives in Crown Point, Indiana. He's a pastor. He lived in Southern California and was a veterinarian for 25 years. And then the Lord told him to start a church, and he did. Tom, thank you for calling back. I appreciate it. You bet, Mike. It's a pleasure to be with you. (laughs) I know you know Southern California. It's in your blood. And uh, I know, having been to Crown Point and spoken at your church, and now you are weekly doing the Book of Revelation in the amphitheater that we did outside uh, evangelism in last year, and you're you're a man with your soul on fire, and uh, you know the issues of life. You have a son right now that uh, served patiently in in Iraq and uh, just now went through a surgery, and... Would you pray about this Afghan situation for our military and for the the covert and the overt uh, people that are trying to rescue? And would you pray for America right now in Southern California? Yes. It would be my pleasure. So, Lord, Father in heaven, we come boldly before the throne of grace that we might find mercy and receive grace to help in time of need. And, Lord, we are a needy, needy people. And, Lord, as we see these just atrocious things going on in our world around us. It doesn't surprise us because Satan hates and he wants to kill and steal and destroy. So we cry against that, Lord. Send your holy angels to protect, Lord. And 
Father, we know that things are going on behind the scenes that we don't know about. Expose them, we pray. Expose the evil, Lord God. And uplift those who are trying to do good and to be righteous in this world, Lord God. And Father, we know that Southern California is a land of plenty, Lord, a land of great prosperity, Lord, from uh, the just the amazing things that are there from San Diego to Ventura to Hollywood to uh, all the way to Baja. Beautiful, beautiful things. But Lord, those things are going to pass. So I pray that people would draw close to you and find the truth and the hope in Jesus Christ. In his name we pray. And know that, Lord, in the midst of all this craziness, Lord, the world is not falling apart. It's falling into place because you are still sovereign. You're still in control, Mm -hmm. Lord God. So, Father, we thank you that we can run to you, and we know that you're hearing our prayers, that you move in our prayers, Lord God. So again, Lord, bring peace that passes all understanding, Lord God, and bring the Prince of Peace, Lord. We know when we ask that, that we know that there has to be terrible judgment to come before that. But, Lord, Mm -hmm. we, as your bride, wait for you to come and rescue us from this crazy world while you, Lord, use us as your tools to bring hope and peace and the joy and love of Jesus. In his name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Tom. We appreciate that. And uh, what is the report on on your son? He just had a kidney transplant. Oh, Mike, what a joy. We've been praying for years. Uh, Okay. Yeah. Uh, He's he's okay? uh, went up to Portland, your hometown. Yeah. And he's doing great. He's out of the hospital and uh, just learning how to live with a new kidney. Great. Thank you. Jesus said, ladies and gentlemen, for if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. I appreciate you listening. I appreciate the staff and the crew and Wilbert and Todd, uh, the producers of this show, helping me stumble through it. And remember, read your word and pray every day. God bless you. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for donald trump to hire i find out the worst enemy that i'm going to face in my life is right here in america they took my assessment and they wanted me to change it i was like i'm not changing it they had to get rid of flynn with in-depth interviews archival footage and never before seen personal record to the man behind the headlines i just felt like i was drowning flynn deliver the truth whatever the cost available now watch it today go to salemnow.com salemnow.com